0: This would not have been a difficult murder to solve, had it been done right in the very beginning.
1: In our first episode, we talked about the events of day one, the basic circumstances of the discovery of the body. If this was any other murder case, we could now start to talk about the evidence. But in the Ramsey case, it's not that simple. In order to make any sense of the evidence, it's important to have an idea of the history of the investigation. The way in which this crime was investigated was highly unusual. And as a result, there are ongoing disagreements about the very definition of the facts. The Boulder Police Department has been widely criticized for its handling of the case. Perhaps its strongest critics have been John and Patsy
0: Ramsey. I think the police looked at this situation, didn't apply a lot of logic to it, and said, child murdered in the home, The book says the parents always did it, and that became the conclusion. The tragedy of the police investigation was that it ended on December 26th.
2: I think they became so invested early on they decided that John and I were responsible and everything if it didn't fit into that basket then they discarded it
0: the police always go after the parents and we understood that after the death of a child absolutely one really absolutely
2: well I think you know in every case parents are always suspected initially and at first we were we were aghast at that but then we understood right. that we needed police. to be investigated the police but they stopped there
0: it was a police-led lynch mob. It is undeniable
1: that the Boulder Police Department made serious mistakes on day one of the investigation. But the Ramseys don't just say the police were incompetent, they say they were biased. Their central claim is that the police immediately decided the family was guilty and didn't even bother investigating
0: other leads. They said, well, we have to look at you. And we said, okay, I I accept that, but don't stop there, please. Mm, And of course they did. They said, well, okay, investigate us, but for heaven's sakes, don't stop with us. Yeah. And of course they did.
1: But the records don't exactly support this claim. In the first days of the investigation, the house was combed for traces of intruders. As Detective Tom Wickman recalled,
3: We printed every window in that house, inside and out. We dug through the gravel in the play area. We use infrared on the walls.
1: Despite finding no definitive evidence that anyone other than the Ramses was in the house that night, the case files show that police went on to investigate hundreds of potential intruders, starting at John's company, Access Graphics.
3: We looked at Access Graphics. We looked at uh, domestic employees. We looked at the pageants that she had participated in. We looked at the registered sex offenders.
1: That was Detective Jane Harmer.
3: As the lead detective on the case, Steve Thomas, later recalled, Detectives tracked every known pedophile in Boulder County and came up dry. We seemed to be constantly heading down roads that led nowhere.
1: There are records of police traveling interstate to investigate intruder suspects, visiting jails, performing polygraph tests, taking DNA and handwriting samples, checking alibis, All this before even questioning the Ramseys. In fact, every time the police tried to investigate the Ramseys more closely, somebody stood in their way. It was almost like the Ramseys were being protected by somebody inside the investigation.
2: We'll begin with remarks from District Attorney Alex Hunter
0: there is going to be accountability in this case. I promise you. That's my job, to make that prosecution happen. And I say to you that there will not be any failure in that regard.
1: The Boulder District Attorney's Office made a series of highly unusual interventions in the Ramsey case. For example, it's standard practice for the DA's office to provide police with search warrants for basic things like phone records. But as Detective Steve Thomas recalled, when it came to investigating the Ramses, the Boulder DA's office refused to provide
0: them. We never got search warrants for phone records, for credit card records. We were forced to search tens of thousands of Home Depot receipts by hand.
1: But that's not all. Early in the case, the deputy DA, Peter Hofstrom, made the highly unusual decision to hand over evidence to the Ramseys. Months before, they had even been formally questioned. This included copies of the police reports, the crime scene photographs, and the autopsy report. This would later attract intense criticism, because when the Ramseys finally were questioned in April of 1997, their stories had changed. We'll discuss this more in the next episode. The police later found out that the Ramsey defense team and the DA's office were meeting on a regular basis to brainstorm about intruder theories. The DA Alex Hunter also started secretly leaking information to tabloids, he says, in an attempt to encourage tips about pedophile intruders. In March of 1997, DA Alex Hunter persuaded the police chief to give him control of the case file, Hunter hired an investigator of his own to reinvestigate the entire case with the assumption that the Ramses were innocent. The name of this reinvestigator was Lou Smith.
0: They may not like what I say, but I'm going to say it. I don't think the Ramses did it. And I think they ought to start looking for people that did.
1: Smith came up with an elaborate theory based on small details that he saw in crime scene photographs. We'll cover this theory in a later episode. He tried to dispute a number of the forensic findings, even disagreeing with the coroner about aspects of the autopsy report.
0: I'm not saying that you should throw this evidence away. You just have to give it the weight that it's supposed to.
1: Smith also filled the case file with hundreds of tips for members of the public. According to a later DA, Stan Garnett,
3: Most of them are along the lines of Somebody had a vision, and they learned in the vision who killed JonBenet, or God told somebody who killed Minet, that kind of thing.
1: For more than 20 years, investigators have followed Lou Smith's so-called leads. So far, they've been unable to identify even one credible suspect. Overall, if you look at the conduct of the district attorney's office in this case, it's very clear. The DA's office actively protected and supported the Ramsey family, from the very start. As Alex Hunter admitted to Ramsey family friend Pam Griffin just a month after the crime,
0: Alex has told me he doesn't think the Ramseys did it.
1: The natural question, of course, is why? Why would the DA's office obstruct an investigation? What possible reason would they have to protect the Ramseys? One answer that has been given over the years is that Hunter was intimidated by the Ramsey's legal team Hunter had a reputation long before this crime for negotiating with suspects rather than pursuing convictions. And the Ramses were remarkably fast in putting together their legal defense team despite not having been charged. As Vanity Fair reporter Ann Bardak said in 1997.
2: There's eight lawyers that I am aware of that work for the Ramses. There are three publicists. There are two handwriting experts. There is an FBI profiler. There is a huge million dollar team here at work that works around the clock to put out the message that the John and Patsy Ramsey are innocent and to present their point of view.
1: In the wake of the famous OJ Simpson trial, it's understandable that a DA could have been easily intimidated by this team, but that still doesn't explain why they were so confident early on in the Ramsey's innocence. It turns out, There's more to this than meets the eye. In 1996, John Ramsey was one of the leading figures in Boulder's tight-knit business community. It's fair to say he had friends in high places. At the time of the murder, John Ramsey already had a business lawyer, a man named Mike Bynum. Bynum was one of the first people to meet with John after they left the home, just hours after the crime, and he was the key player in putting together their strong defense team. The interesting thing about Mike Bynum is, before he worked for John Ramsey, he was a chief prosecutor for the Boulder DA's office. That's right, the people running the DA's office at the time of the murder were friends and former colleagues of John Ramsey's lawyer. Mike Bynum has even admitted that he spoke on the phone to somebody inside the investigation early in the case although he has been cagey about who that person was.
0: Let's just say this person was in the law enforcement arena and would have reason to know what they were speaking about and basically advised me that John and Patsy needed attorneys right away. We know
1: for a fact that Bynum and the deputy DA, Peter Hofstrom, spoke on day two about the release of the body. We also know that for years before the crime, Bynum and Hofstrom had both attended the same church, which happened to be the Ramseys' church. We don't know if anyone in the DA's office was personally friends with the Ramseys before the killing, but it's fair to say they moved in the same circles. Another Ramsey defense lawyer, Brian Morgan, was also close friends with Deputy DA Hofstrom. They'd known each other for 20 years and regularly ate breakfast together. Clearly, the Ramsey defense team enjoyed an unusually close relationship with the DA's office. It's easy to see how these personal connections could translate into an unusual level of sympathy for the Ramsey family. To quote Anne Bardak, who had spoken to several people in the DA's office.
2: The district attorney's team uh, many of them believe that the Ramses are innocent. They re- are of the belief that the Ramses are, as one of them says, good Christians. Right. And they can't, they find this unfathomable, they're nice people, they're good people. Uh, they find it unfathomable and they believe somebody came to the house.
1: It looks to me like Hofstrom decided on day one to trust his old friends and take the Ramses at their word. Rather than trusting the police to investigate, they allowed the Ramseys and their high-priced lawyers to take the lead. As time went on, rather than admitting that their conclusion may have been a little premature, they doubled down. One has to wonder, would this same treatment have been given to a less well-connected family?
3: The Ramseys were an influential family, Eller told Mason, who realized that this message must have affected the behavior of all the officers at the scene.
1: Another important factor here is how the Ramsays presented themselves. Despite their complaints about the media, the Ramsays were quite willing to appear on TV before talking to police.
0: I did not kill my daughter Jean Benet.
2: I did not kill Jean
1: Benet. During their many interviews over the years, the Ramsays always made sure to emphasize what a normal, happy, ordinary family they were.
2: There's nothing that shows that we are the type of people that would do something like this to a child.
0: Our family is a loving family. It's a gentle family. We loved our children dearly and yet people don't like rich people. So we kind of became that character for people to hate. You know we were a loving family and there was no history of any problems. I
2: I came from a normal American family in West Virginia.
0: There was no history in the family of any problem. The kid's doctor said we were a loving family. We had all this testimony about that we were a normal family. A person doesn't go throughout their lives as a normal human being, one night turn into a monster. That doesn't happen.
1: Statements like this tell us nothing about the material facts of the killing, but they have a subtle effect on the way we think about the case. The Ramsey defense team was very good at carefully planting and spreading the idea that this crime was a brutal and premeditated act of torture, one that could only have been committed by a raving psychopath.
0: Look, this person is a monster. It's a subhuman. This person doesn't think like you and I do.
2: This was a premeditated murder. This is a brutal, brutal murder.
0: The type of killing and the brutality of the killing show me that this man is a sadistic pedophile.
1: To support this argument, the defense team hired their own experts to dispute various forensic findings. The Ramseys made more and more media appearances, often declaring they had new leads and breakthroughs in the case.
2: There is a killer walking around out there someplace. Lou Smith tells us that there is enough evidence to find this man, but the public needs to know it.
1: Patsy even took the time to praise District Attorney Alex Hunter for his handling of the case.
2: I like the fact that he's determined to find out who did this and he wasn't going to rubber stamp the police decision, you know, that it was John and was me.
1: But not everybody was convinced. By 1998, the DA's ongoing collaboration with the prime suspects started to attract criticism behind the scenes. The White family, The Ramsey's close friends, who had been among the last people to see Jean Benet alive, had grown suspicious of the Ramsey's lack of cooperation with the police. Eventually, the Whites called publicly for the DA, Alex Hunter, to be replaced by an independent prosecutor. In 1997, the Boulder Police Department's lead detective on the case, Steve Thomas, resigned. In a public letter, he gave his reasons.
3: I believe the district attorney's office is thoroughly compromised. The district attorney's office has effectively crippled this case. The time for intervention is now. It is difficult to imagine a more compelling situation for the appointment of an entirely independent prosecution team.
1: Thomas's resignation sparked a public outcry, which led to an intervention by the governor of Colorado. After almost two years in charge of the Ramsey case, Deputy DA Peter Hofstrom, the old friend of the Ramsey's lawyers, was taken off the case. Faced with the potential loss of his own job, the DA, Alex Hunter, finally gave in to the police request to convene a grand jury, an independent, unbiased group of citizens who would decide whether or not to charge John and Patsy Ramsey. He appointed a special, independent prosecutor to present the evidence. The grand jury deliberated for 18 months. To this day, their deliberations remain confidential. Although one member of the jury, Jonathan
0: Webb, told ABC The intruder theory didn't make sense to the grand jury. Regarding the ransom note, he said Even though the handwriting experts couldn't definitively say that she wrote it, they all three came to the same conclusion that it could have been Patsy Ramsey, and the grand jury believed that she wrote it. We
1: also know what they ultimately decided. In October of 1999, the grand jury voted to charge both John and Patsy Ramsey with child abuse resulting in death and accessory to first-degree murder. Remarkably, when the jury had delivered its decision, Alex Hunter used his special power as DA and refused to take the charges to court. This was Hunter's public announcement.
0: The Boulder grand jury has completed its work and will not return. No charges have been filed. I must report to you that I and my prosecution task force believe we do not have sufficient evidence to warrant the filing of charges against anyone who has been investigated at this time.
1: For many years, the general public assumed the jury had dismissed the charges. In the Ramsey's book, The Death of Innocence, John Ramsey
3: wrote, People would have to finally see the jury's decision as our vindication. After looking at the evidence, or lack of it, a jury of our peers had not indicted Patsy and me. The jury's real decision was sealed, and the
1: truth was not revealed until more than a decade later, in 2013. By that time, any hope of an objective investigation of the Ramseys had faded. Patsy Ramsey had died in 2006. The Ramses had embarked on a series of defamation cases with the help of a new lawyer called Lynn Wood.
3: John and Patsy Ramsey were not involved in the death of their child. That chapter of the book has been closed and is a done deal.
1: Through Mr. Wood's aggressive approach, they succeeded in inserting many of Lou Smith's theories into court records as, quote, undisputed facts. Lynn Wood also succeeded in obtaining a statement from Hunter's successor as DA, Mary Lacey, falsely claiming that the Ramseys had been exonerated on the basis of DNA evidence. To be clear, The police and all subsequent DAs have repeatedly confirmed that this is false. The Ramseys remain under investigation. As later DA Stan Garnett said,
0: To come out and say we definitely
1: conclude that these folks can be exonerated is an inaccurate portrayal of the evidence. It created the impression that the evidence in the
3: case is much clearer than it is. The evidence is very compromised.
1: But in the media, the statement had a lasting impact. And to this day, it continues to be repeated as fact in John Ramsey's numerous media appearances.
2: Now to an inspiring new book from John Ramsey. Boulder DA's office completely clears the Ramseys. Formally
3: exonerated. The district attorney says her parents and brother have now been officially cleared.
0: The grand jury refused to indict
3: us. It's hard to imagine what John Ramsey has been through. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's still people who think that he played some sort of role. Way back in the day, they never looked at anybody else but the Ramseys.
0: I got a lot of letters uh, eventually from people who said, please forgive me that I, I thought you were guilty. John,
2: you and I have done many interviews together. Yes. And I always felt that you and Patsy were were innocent. How do you feel about the fact that the police have spent 20 years focused on your family instead of the killer?
0: Well, it's extremely frustrating.
1: In a bizarre footnote to the case, the Ramsey's lawyer, Lynn Wood, has recently made headlines as a defender of Donald Trump, filing cases to overturn the results of the 2020 election.
3: Mike Pence conspired with Rod Rosenstein, in the russian hoax to overthrow the duly elected president of the united states that's treason they are all traitors get the firing squads ready pence first
1: meanwhile the ramsey case remains officially open with the boulder police but realistically there is little hope of ever securing a conviction as for the former d.a alex hunter he seems quite satisfied with his role in the events i'm total peace about the calls that I've made
0: in this case.
1: So why does all this matter? The reason is that when you look at the different sources of information on this case, it can often seem like you're looking at two completely different crimes. There's the evidence collected by the police, and then on top of that, there's the Lou Smith version of the evidence. We need to be careful that we don't make the same mistakes that the investigators made in this case. We can't allow suspects to dictate how we interpret the evidence. We have to go back to the very start and question everything. Twenty-five years of confusion and debate has left us with a case file that appears to be full of uncertainties.
0: The one thing we know with absolute certainty as a fact in this case is that we did not kill our daughter.
2: This has subverted justice in this country.
0: You know, the real story here is not that a child was murdered. The real story here is what was done to us by an unjust system.
1: In our next episode, we're finally going to put aside the politics, the diversions, the smoke and mirrors. It's time to start talking about the facts. This podcast features music from COAG and Remerty on YouTube. Vocal contributions from Eric Peabody and Meredith Nudo. Production assistance provided by Magnolia Studios. Visit our site for full attributions and references.